Hey everybody, it's Evan again speaking for the ArcaSpeak crew as I record part two of our AIACon 19 podcast that we did live on the show floor a couple weeks ago in Las Vegas under the big red A at the RCAT booth with two other podcasts. So ArcaSpeak was represented there and we also had the Entree Architect podcast with Mark LePage and we also had the Inside the Firm podcast with Lance Psycho. All three of us sat down and had a bunch of guests kind of rotate in and out. And once again, with this episode, I'm going to be using those cool chapter markers so that you can skip around from interview to interview. Uh, let me know what you think about that, if you think it's worth us doing that on every episode. I think it's kind of neat, uh, as long as you're using a podcast player that supports it. So if you're using something like Overcast, it's a fantastic feature, and you can jump around within the episode to exact sections. Anyway, a couple of follow-up things before I jump into the episode once again, just like last time. Uh, first thing is, uh, there was some Twitter conversation going on between me and TestFit. We had talked about TestFit on a previous episode, and I can't remember what I told them I was going to update you guys on. So I'm just going to say that TestFit 2.0 is out. So check it out at TestFit.io. It's an awesome, amazing unbelievably cool tool. Do you think I like it? I think I like it. Uh, it's at testfit.io. It allows you to quickly lay out plans, basically do all kinds of neat test fit options for different design options on a site. Uh, unbelievably fast, super cool. You can push this stuff into Revit, all kinds of neat stuff. Anyway, I think I've said enough nice things about them. Check it out, testfit.io. Let's see what's next. Okay, so we just had the BIMBOP at USC. Uh, that actually just happened yesterday, and I got to meet a couple of listeners there, which was super cool. I basically ended the conference with a five-minute presentation, trying to get people inspired and excited about sharing what they know and helping push the profession forward, especially when it comes to technology. That's basically my day job at HMC, but I was trying to get everybody else as excited about it as I am. So I hope that it went over well. I did get some nice compliments at the end, but you know how it goes. It's it's always hard to tell when you give a presentation how, how well it was received. And of course, it was the very last one at the end of the day. I tried to end the conference on a positive note, and hopefully that came across. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. And once again, thanks to Karen Kenzik and Doug Noble of USC for putting on such a fantastic one-day tech conference year after year. This was the 13th one. Uh, definitely get on their mailing list so that you know when that thing happens. If you live anywhere near USC in Southern California, it's a fantastic thing to get to go to. It's only 55 bucks and totally worth it. All right, so what else? I wanted to remind you guys about the Ask ArcaSpeak hashtag. If you want to interact with the show, that's a great way to do it. Just use the hashtag AskArcaSpeak on Twitter and ask us anything that you would like. We'd love to hear from the listeners. We're wrapping up this series on technology pretty soon here as we're about to take the summer off and go on our various vacations and things like that. So if there's anything you want us to cover, maybe in the last episode, definitely hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag AskArcaSpeak. All right, back to the Las Vegas AIA conference. I wanted to talk real quick about this pre-show get-together that happened because of Stoner Bunting, which is a fantastic group of people who is, connects a bunch of architects together and provides kind of unique access to this really wonderful facility. And I just wanted to kind of bring your attention to it because I thought it was fascinating. It's called the Carpenters International Training Center. It's in Las Vegas. They train carpenters from all over the country, and they're also starting to do it in Canada as well. And it is an amazing facility. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes so you guys can check it out. But it's basically a contracting school on steroids. They've got 
amazing equipment, underwater welding tanks, cranes, oh my gosh, everything that you could imagine. And they're training basically the contractors of the future. Why don't we have this for architects? That's my big question. It's super cool. So check out the link in the show notes and just look at the videos that they've got behind the scenes of the facilities that they've got. It was a great educational experience. I learned so much. So once again, thanks to Stoner Bunting for putting together a fantastic evening and tour of the Carpenters International Training Center. Uh, Check out the website. Once again, I can't recommend it enough. You will be drooling if you're into uh, the whole building profession and basically a, a really cool training facility behind the scenes. So the next thing that I did on my little AIA getaway was I got to go tour the Hoover Dam. And it's something that I've been wanting to get back to for about 30 years. Uh, A few years ago, I took my family across the top of it, and it was super wicked hot out. uh, So we didn't do anything there for very long. It was really cool to look down from the top of the bridge at Lake Mead and then down to the Colorado River below that comes out the other side. And then the next year, I got to go on a canoeing trip with some buddies, and we started at the base of the Hoover Dam. So that was a neat perspective, looking from the bottom up. So like I said, it's been about 30 years, and I got to go on the tour where you go down in the, not necessarily the dam itself, but you know down into the power generation rooms, which was really neat to see the old turbines and basically the whole construction process of that dam. And one thing that I'll say just as kind of a a neat trivia item is at the base of the dam, when you're standing down in the turbine rooms, and the docent asks, how thick do you think the dam is down here at the base? And and we're way down. We're like seven or 800 feet down below the top of the dam. So it's a a huge structure, right? Uh, 660 feet thick at the base, which is just kind of mind-boggling how much concrete there is in this. And they really talked about how... There was a giant basket of concrete being dumped every five seconds for about three years as they built that dam, which is just, again, mind-boggling, the scale, the scope of this project, and how they had to come up with a cooling system to cool it because it was going to take 10 years for the concrete to cure for that dam. So what a neat behind-the-scenes tour. I can't recommend it enough. If you ever get out there, it's definitely worth it takes a couple of hours to get down in there and do all the neat stuff. You get to kind of go through the old tunnels where they were using to when they were building the dam when it was under construction. Um, anyway, it, it was fantastic. I took a bunch of pictures and published some of those on my Instagram. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right, so this episode picks up right where we left off with the last episode. So if you haven't listened to the last episode yet, that was part one. Part two starts off with Cormac talking about his Road Trip USA, where he's describing how he and his son are about to embark on Road Trip USA and drive from coast to coast. And I'm going to put a link to his Instagram in the show notes because he posted a lot of really cool pictures about different forgotten America kind of uh, ruins and things like that. And then uh, as he worked his way across the U.S., it was really fun to follow along and watch that and the pictures that he posted. I'm sure he has a lot more on his fancy camera that he needs to post still. So this is a little reminder to Cormac, uh, get those pictures posted so that we can all check out everything that you experienced along the way. And then after we catch up on Cormac's road trip and what was about to happen, by now that's that's all been done, uh, we start the podcast off with our first guest, who was Leah Alyssa Bayer of Evia Studios. And what's unique about Leah is that she won the Charette Venture Group Architectural Business Plan Competition. So that's where we pick up this episode. We also talk with Earl Parson of Parson Architecture and Clever Moderns. He's got a couple different really neat sites out there. We talked with Bill Janet of Arcat. 
Lucas Reams of Trimble Consulting and also the Zero Sixty Accelerator program that they've got running. And then we finish it off with Demetrius Lynch of the Spaces Podcast and his small firm, House of Lines. So it was really fun. Once again, it was great recording on the floor. Let's jump into it and pick up where we left off the last episode. Start from the beginning. Your okay. son just graduated, and uh, he's here. Yesterday, with the reason why I just got this morning to the, uh, to the show was because my son, um, who I had completely convinced myself for the past three months that he was graduating on the 5th and that I would make it on the 6th and everything would be great. No, it was actually on the 7th and I had to change um, at the last minute all of our flight arrangements. Can't, you know, cancel the hotel that I had for um, Evan and I and, and everybody else. So, um, yeah, so we graduated yesterday. Uh, it was amazing. Congratulations. It was... Uh, Emotional, your first one, right? First one. Yeah, mine's was, next week. Did you cry? Oh, wow. From high school? Um, I, yeah, from high school. Okay. And I didn't cry. Um, I did get a little misty, choked up, but I was more, it, it was more me laughing at my wife for bawling her head off. For, <laughs> oh, no kidding. You know, for enti- about three hours. It was hilarious. But so um, one of the things that we talked about, so he's not big into, you know, hey, let's go to the beach and, you know, party and let's go drinking and stuff like every other high school kid who shouldn't be doing it does. He actually just wanted to... Um, Let's hit the road. We're, we're, we're road warriors. We drive everywhere. And so uh, what we decided to do was he was going to come with me to the show, which he's walking around the floor right now. And um, he wanted to basically we're going to we rented a car. We're turning it around. From, um, we're going to head west. We're going to visit a couple of uh, friends in California and probably um, see if we can crash at Evan's house, you know, just for a day. And then we're going to meander our way back to dc and That's we're awesome. gonna go how many how many how long are you gonna do this so we have i'm supposed to be back in the office on the 24th okay so between now and the 24th cool yes. and it's yeah. just you and your son it's just me and my isn't son. that awesome that is and, awesome and it's it's great i mean because what's what's interesting about it is um he wants he got accepted to michigan state he's going for uh film studies he wants to be either a filmmaker or a screenwriter and you know what's what makes movies and you know um stories better experience yeah and so i'm just trying to flood him with things that normally are well out of his comfort zone and things that just are you know just you know he he hates flying this was only the second time in his life that he's ever flown. And he immediately got over the fear because we were sitting there and I was like pointing things out as we're flying by. And you know, we're looking at snow-capped mountains in the desert and, you know, weird things like that. And he was just, you know, looking at it from a future filmmaker kind of perspective, which was amazing. I was just kind of watching him kind of like absorb stuff. And that's what this trip's about. Is he documenting any of it, or is he just uh, so absorbing that's why it? The big fancy camera sitting over there, although he has no interest in any of this <laughs> around us. But that camera right there is—I uh, told him it's—it's it's free to you. Do whatever you want. It takes yeah. video. It takes amazing, fi- you know, pictures. So we're yeah. Not, we're so not only complete. is the experience of driving back with your son going to be fantastic, but to have it documented. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say one thing. Because I documented my honeymoon in Italy, and I experienced the entire thing through a viewfinder, and so make sure he doesn't miss the experience by sure. trying to document it. Yeah, 
Oh, absolutely. Are I there any agree. places that we have to hit beyond California, or is this just so, random? So we have a friend in Boulder. So we're we're definitely going to Boulder to. She's offered a couch for us, um, and uh, so we're going to kind of meander. I think the West Coast side of things, we're going to do California. I might convince him that. Uh, as I was telling um, Evan and uh, Brett earlier today, uh, that we might go sulking at the sulk. <laughs> cool. He, um, so we may drive all the way down there, um, you know, because that's on my bucket list, and I might have to force a little bit of architecture sure, sure. on him. But um, and then we're gonna just we've got a national parks pass. We're gonna hit national parks on the way up. We're gonna go through southern Utah um, on our way, kind of like up into Colorado, and then once we hit Boulder. We have absolutely no idea where we're going from there. you got to see North Dakota. We've <laughs> debated about that. We've, we've honestly debated about that totally. Um, he's, been, he's been begging me for years to go see, and I understand that it'll be a great disappointment to him, but he wants to go see Mount Rushmore. Yeah. You know, because he'll be like, oh, uh, really? Yeah, there it is. That's it? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't they have cleaned up the pile of rocks? <laughs> But you got you could you could stop off in Colorado. That's you got what it. I'm saying. I'm, that's why I asked. Are yeah. you going to be in the office? Because we might come knocking. Yeah, you should. Let's go, we'll, do, we'll take you out for lunch. Oh, that'd absolutely. be great. Yeah, that'd be that great. would be cool. Lots yeah. of good tacos. Well, I want you to know that that you're an inspiration to me and my son. You also got me in trouble with my son. Uh oh. Because he <laughs> found out that you were bringing your son. <laughs> He's uh, like, Dad, oh. I'm graduating. Why don't you bring me? <laughs> I'm like, hey, we could have no. <laughs> See, you could have uh, you could have uh, shipped the Camaro out here. Yeah. And then. And driven back, or I, I'm not it sure it would make it back. <laughs> but uh, the, I, I think what you're doing is great, and uh, you know I want to, I want to do that so, same thing with my kids, and, and not necessarily as as involved as you are doing. But I'd love the idea of sort of spending one-on-one time so with your definitely. son before he sort of takes off and right, becomes right. a man. So now I have two years, and then my next child uh, graduates, and he's already planned our trip, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and his is. Is he the rugby player? He's that's, the rugby player. He's going to New Zealand. No, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> as much as I would probably love to, no, he, he wants to sit, well, I would say continental, but it's not. He wants to drive from Miami to Anchorage. Wow. Wow, that'd be We're cool. Go diagonal. ambitious people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you got to come back and tell well, us on that, that story. On that trip, you can come crash on my couch. Yeah, exactly. And, Nick, thank you for hanging out with us. No problem. Uh, we're going to need your seat and your mic, or else you could have stayed. That's fine. Um, but you're welcome to stay and hang out with us. All right. I'll, talk, I'll see you all later. All right. Thanks, Nick. All right. Have a seat, Leah. You too, Earl. We're going to do this. We're going to do this together. We've been doing this all day since 12 o'clock, and we've been, uh, we've been overlapping, and I think that you guys have uh, a great story that you can each tell your stories, and then we'll have a good conversation about passion and about what you're doing because i think you're both very passionate about what you're doing um let me just introduce you uh leah bayer leah elisa bayer right yes and earl parson uh two architects who are doing some amazing things uh, let's start with you leah and uh, introduce yourself and then we'll have uh, earl introduce himself and then i want to have a conversation about uh about building uh, businesses and architecture and, and sort of following these big ideas and these big dreams. Um, okay. And uh, so let's sure. start with you. Uh, as you said, I'm, I'm Leah Bayer. I uh, am based in the Bay Area in Palo Alto, California. Put the mic real close. Ooh, yep. I'm not used to doing this. That's okay. <laughs> yep. uh, and just founded my own firm about a year ago called Evia Studio, currently focused on residential architecture 
multifamily and interested in developing affordable housing uh, down the road. Uh, recently submitted to and won the CBG competition. Right, the winner of the exciting. Charette Venture Group Business Plan Competition. Yes. Uh, and now I'm here finally meeting all of these people that I've been listening to for years, so this is very exciting. Yeah, good, <laughs> good. So, Earl, what's up with you? I'm Earl Parson. I'm an architect practicing as Parson Architecture, as well as a second kind of sister company I've created called Clever Moderns. And so Parson Architecture is my residential custom architecture practice. And Clever Moderns is a brand that I developed that is focused around support and resources for DIY home builders. And then within that, I've really niched down into the specialization of Quonset Hut houses and homes built from this kind of prefab, kind of a semi-prefab system of a Quonset Hut and then turning that into a house. And that's where I've really discovered that there's kind of this underserved niche of people wanting to do that and having really almost no resources online to be able to to do that for themselves and so I've been really engaged with building a community around that kind of small bandwidth of an idea and it's blossoming and it's a thrill yeah I, I love the idea and which is why I wanted you to come on together of of sort of practicing as traditional architects and then having this idea of something a little bit different and a little bit you know and you just sort of took that seed and decided, okay, I'm going to plant that seed and where it goes. And, and so th- I want to have a conversation about business models, mm-hmm. you know, and because you have a very unique business model, Earl, and you have a very unique business model, Leah. So could you talk about how your business is structured and, and where you are now in that overall model sure. um, and where you want to take that model? Yep. So it's definitely in the very early stages. feels much more like a traditional practice, uh, although we are a completely virtual firm. Uh, it's myself and now four other women. And I wanted to structure a company that was very diverse, both in the people that are there as well as the practices. So the intent is for it to be a design and engineering and landscape and you know any anybody who's involved in that process as part of a, a core team, uh, but also allow flexibility for them to work autonomously and take care of their own schedules. So Interestingly enough, I just met one of my first employees for the first time who I've been working with for a year, which yeah. is such a pleasure. Uh, so we're in the, the very early stages, just figuring out how to work together in that sort of new model where we don't spend day to day with each other. And so far, it's been going pretty well. Uh, and so the next step is for me to scale and take on the next portion of the business practice, which is developing. So I have a goal of getting into architect as developer model. And the first development I'd like to be starting in 2023, which is going to come up pretty quickly. Uh, and from there, we'd also like to get into uh, research as well as starting a tech component along with that in order to really take control over providing the types of environments that we know architects can provide for people, but don't necessarily always have the authority to make the decisions that we should be including those things for the environments that we're creating. So. Yeah, that's the plan. And and Earl, you you too, you were part of the business plan competition a few years ago, right? And you were a runner up or runner up, yeah. And In the 2016 competition, and that's where Clever Moderns sort of was born and sort of that idea, right? And that was 
so that was the idea. The idea was more broad, and it was about the DIY home builder, and and then I, you know, the the Quonset Hut house was a was a piece of you know was one example of a system that could be employed and engaged for for that sector, for that idea, and that was one of a few different ideas. But it really it really stuck because we built our own Quonset Hut project and, and we, we bought three Quonset huts all in one order and then built them over time and so we've just finished putting the final arches in place on the third building that we bought t- about two years ago yeah. and that ended up really becoming this surprise to me that there would I could develop a community just around that and um, and now all my clients are are people that want a Quonset hut house and uh it's just yeah i I couldn't believe you know that if you had if you had told me five years ago i'd be sort of doing this thing and that's uh, that's why i wanted you guys to come on together because leah's at the very beginning right where where you where you were in the competition with that initial idea for clever moderns and and clever moderns has evolved a little bit it's still the same basic idea but you sort of found the niche within that bigger idea that you can right. focus on and then take that niche idea and then grow it again. Exactly. And so I, I think, you know, Leah has a very big idea, you know, multiple phase, you know, long term big idea. Um, and it'll be interesting to sort of see where you end up, yeah. you know, because you're starting now and you've already probably experienced a few uh, unexpected situations where you've sort of planned for one thing sure. and it didn't work out the way you had planned but it's not necessarily wrong it's just and that that flexibility of 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 uh, plan right. is really important um and so have you experienced some of those situations in the you know in the very beginning i had mentioned that one thing that i learned is that growing and building a team that is multidisciplinary is a challenge and we'll see if that's still the way that we want to yeah. go um that's one of the aspects because we do have very different ways of practicing and different tools and so just figuring out the architect's portion (laughs) in a remote uh, setting is one thing and bringing on that we'll see if I still go there I think also when you are wanting to take on a position of really controlling what you're creating and developing for a community you may have something in mind of what you think that they need Uh, and then come to find once you really get invested into a community space that your ideas of what they might want are completely different. So I, I fully expect to see that we'll have to shift and change along with what people really want. Um, but it's, it's exciting to have that framework in order to have a goal and still sort of sway back and forth yeah. and know that you're ultimately going towards the biggest picture, which is creating healthier environments for communities. Yeah. Yeah, Earl. Do you do you have any advice for Leah in terms of uh, when you see those pivots? Because I know you struggled with that idea. I struggled of- with some things, and and so I was reminded recently. And so this this is all coming back for me now. Earlier in the year, this year around around that time, I was feeling a little bit frustrated and sort of like unsure what the next steps would be. Where do I go from here? What do I grow into next with this? Where am I taking this? And so within the Entree Architect Academy, I'm in one of the small groups. And so we meet weekly and troubleshoot each other's. We have a mastermind group that that we discuss, you know, what, what everyone is going through. And, and we, you know, troubleshoot each other's issues with either with life or practice and the way they intersect and all of that. 
And someone in the small group said, well, didn't, I mean, you started this with a business plan and what were your ideas with that? And do you need to just go back to that and like re-examine some, it was sort of just like throwing a a glass of cold water in my face saying, you you had all these ideas. Why are you now feeling stuck about where to grow this next? Which is why it's so important to write them down. I know. Even though you know you're not going to end up where you think you're going to end up. But to write them down and have that business plan up front, which is what you exactly. Did. So I, you know, I will say, a few years from now, or a, you know, a couple years from now. I mean, you want to update your business plan as you move forward. But then, when you get enough distance out from where you are, don't forget to look back at the things you wrote. Mm-hmm. You know, even six months ago, a year ago, as you were developing your business plan in the very early days. Because there were things that you had, you know, in the works back then that will come back to you in a fresh way when you've got more of it behind you, you know, a couple of years from now. Right. A little hindsight. <laughs> so yeah. when, you, when you get to that point where you have your, you built your plan, you're sort of taken off on that plan, um, and then you find this, this diversion. You know, there's, a, there's like you, you, you started with Clever Moderns, and then the Quonset Hut sort of became an opportunity within that and you needed to make a decision am i going to go and become the quonset hut guy or does quonset huts just stay as a piece of clever moderns and i'm going to push forward on clever moderns that i know that was a difficult decision to sort of go in that other direction that wasn't part of the plan um, was it difficult, and how did you sort of get that? i can look back and see that i struggled with it probably more than i seems like I would have needed to at the time. And maybe the idea that I hit on this niche that was really rich and offered a lot of growth within this small little area almost seemed like, is this really a real thing? Because I, you know, I was getting a growing a community and getting a response that I wasn't really expecting to be as robust as it ended up being. And I mean, it's sort of like, well, it's, it could sound obvious that if, if you start getting traction in an area of your business, why wouldn't you, you know? Yep. And, and I think that if, if you find a, a small area where you can start to get traction, that traction can give you momentum to broaden back out into other areas once you get that momentum going. And I think the momentum is incredibly important to, to get. Yeah. So I think if you know if you start discovering there's a like an unexpected way in which something's resonating, don't think too hard about getting excited that something is resonating and like going after it. I mean, but it's hard, right? Because you you pour your heart and soul into developing this plan that is the ideal. This is what I want to do with my life, and so when you come to find that you've hit a point where you maybe depart from it, yeah, maybe that's not. Well, it's what sunk. life is telling you should do. Architects really struggle with sunk costs because yes. we put so much mm. into everything that we do that right. it becomes hard to abandon, in air quotes, the thing that we've worked so hard on. And and it is, you see it in software all the time, the opposite of that, right? It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, that is clearly not working. This is starting right. to work. Boom. They call it pivot, direction. right? Yeah. Yep. And it's just pivot. part of tech tech lingo and that's how some yeah. of the biggest companies in the world have yeah. have been created robert ewan from monograph was here earlier and he talked about that i mean and he's still supporting customers who built websites on his platform but they don't make the platform anymore they, they still continue to support the people who are there but they're they're doing something different now yeah. and i i think that that is a struggle for a lot of architects yeah because we're we were trained to draw the party diagram 
to guide our project all the way through in something we could always go back to and look at and say, well, that's how I'm supposed to do it. I wrote, I wrote the language, right? It's mine. I own it. And it is hard to let go of that. Yeah. Sure. And when, when I train on business, that's why it's so important to write a business plan. And I think a lot of architects here, oh, you got to write, I don't want a business plan. I want to just do what I do and see where I go. I don't want to be constrained by having a business plan. But I think the importance of having a business plan is to have that check, is, mm-hmm. to, is to develop the, the, up, the top things, the top level things, like, a, like your vision and your mission. Because those are the things that you can go back to and check yourself. The rest of it can evolve, but your mission and your vision typically will stay, right? Because they're big pictures, the big picture idea. So when you are presented with that opportunity and that that potential scary decision on should I pivot or should I stay keep going forward, you go back to your mission and your vision and you read what you wrote and then you you know you go back to that document and you say that's why I'm doing this. And so then you can reevaluate that decision and say is that decision something that I want to pursue or is that something that I don't want to pursue or does it match my vision? And if it doesn't match my vision, Do then I you have a conscious intentional vision. decision yeah. mm-hmm. on whether you are going to ship the vision or continue on the original idea. So it's, I mean, that's, that's yeah. why that's the message of the business plan competition Exactly, is to make sure that people understand the value of doing that. You know, even today, like you said, you're going back to that original plan and reminding yourself of, of why you did it so you can make a, a conscious, intentional And decision. even if it's to decide there are parts of that that are really no longer relevant. Exactly. Right. And that's right. okay, too. Yeah. It was a and snapshot yeah, in time. Yeah. And it was the best information you had at the time. And you might find then there are parts of it that are like, oh, yeah, that, that was, and that's still like, look at what I know now and then how that right. could apply. And now let's do this in a, like an even better way or something. Right. Yeah, and it should it should be uh, an evolving living document. Yeah. You know, I think a, a lot of people think, okay, I wrote a business plan, and it's for funding and financing, and the bank wants to see it. But I don't think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a one-page documentation of what do I want to do, why do I want to do that, and where do I want to go. So it gives you some structure and some reminder of of your 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 north star. You know why why you're doing what you're doing. So you can make those decisions in a conscious, intentional way. So it's it's exciting to see where you are now, um, and to and we'll, maybe we'll have you back in a couple of years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, to see where it's gone. Yeah, yeah let's schedule yeah. this right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we can pull an earl on you, and and you can look back. <laughs> well, as part of your as part of your your award, you've received a, a membership right at Entree Architect. So I'm sure I'll and, be reminded. To and <laughs> when when Todd asked me you know if, if i was willing to do that i said i said yes there are two levels she can join she can join the basic membership which gives you lots of stuff but if you want to join the mastermind group that's available to you too but you have to commit to being part of that mastermind group yeah and and uh and participating on a weekly level making it a priority because that's when those things are, are valuable because when you you have that opportunity like you said earl to to um to make that shift and you're struggling with that that shift you have a group of advisors who know you well which is why those groups are so important um, because you've built a relationship with these people they become your family um, and you can open up and say well this is this is why i'm really struggling with this this is not just the easy decision here because there's this this and this and my you know my my wife is is you know got a decision and my husband's got a decision and you know there's there's other pieces to this conversation that you wouldn't talk to everybody about 
And so I think if you're willing to do that, we'd love to have you as part of one of those groups. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've been sort of tracking what the mastermind groups are doing and when they've been open. I think it's such an important thing to have as part of your network because that doesn't, I haven't been able to find a, somebody to talk to or somewhere to go to understand if I'm doing the right thing or if I should be considering something else. There's not really like a community for architectural business owners. And, but we're it. Right. And so th- this, that's why this has been so. But wait. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if only. So exciting to me to have access to people who are struggling with similar questions or have already dealt with that, you know, a few years ago and be able to see from a fresh perspective. I think I'd, like, I would love to do that. Yeah. It would be wonderful. Great. I think what's so neat about the community that you have built, Mark, is that like, I'm not a small firm architect. I don't have my own firm, but I can still contribute to right. that yeah. with mm. the things that I know really well. And, and I can even take things that we're implementing in a much larger firm and distill that down to anybody. Like, it doesn't matter what size you are. Here's our experience. You take it or leave it, right? But, but if somebody needs to tap into, inform- like, where else can you tap into a larger firm? Well, it turns out you could do that through social media and, you know, a community like Entree Architect where I'm a, I'm a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so right. every once in a while I go through there and I'll skim through stuff. And I know old colleagues who I've taught at, taught at Cal Poly with who are a member of that group and they're bringing their small firm perspective and they're bringing their teaching perspective. And it's just a huge wealth of knowledge. That, and so those, those communities do exist. I think that's what's really cool. Well, and this is also a great, what you're just saying, Evan, is a great example of how... When you when you take your focus and and like my sort of thing I keep repeating now is like find your niche and your small little bandwidth of a thing, yeah. you actually do have an impact beyond that small little yeah. niche thing. Totally. Mark's focus is small term small firm architects, and I mean the definition of that is you know a little bit <laughs> open, and you have yeah. your way of defining it, Mark. Well, but it's in, actually for me, it's intentionally wide open. It's it's self defining. It's if well, you decide. But, and so Evan is here, like contributing and 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 benefiting from that, even though he's in a certain technical sense outside of of that definition, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yet, you know, here it is the 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 ripple effect and the impact of the of the niche focus go beyond the niche, and it's like another reason to not tune that don't tune that idea out if it sounds like if you think you want to make a bigger impact than just to have like a small little area that you focus on and i think i i get more out of it than i put into it and i think that's probably true for everybody because there is so much knowledge there architectural knowledge like that group is making better architects Mm -hmm. because they're discussing code issues they're how have you handled this before and and those are things that i don't come up against every day right but i get access to it and it becomes just like I'm the sponge soaking that stuff up and maybe I'll use it someday maybe I won't mm-hmm. but it's interesting it's part of my field and what's also cool is I just try to leave little breadcrumbs there of, uh, and so that when somebody says something I'm like oh they talked about that over there go check that out and yeah. I'm just connecting dots for people at that point mm-hmm. and, and I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that because I'm helping somebody and I had nothing to do with that Right, it's, it, but I still want to help you. I still want to help you become a better architect, and that's the. It's places like that that are a repository of information that people, anybody, can have access to. If, um, 
unless they don't know about it, right? Yeah. So just yeah. tell them about it. Yeah. And I didn't intend this conversation to be an advertisement for Entree Architect. <laughs> but, but, the, uh, but the community, I mean, I, I called it Entrepreneur Architect intentionally, not small firm architecture. Right. It's, oh, it's a mindset. Yeah, totally. Of, and I, of, I was thinking that when Earl was talking earlier. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't fit the technical definition, but I am entrepreneurial. And, exactly. Yeah, and you sure. are an entrepreneur architect. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's at all levels. Yeah. The reason that it's become a small firm community is because there was a void there. There was a vacuum there. There was a, there was a need for a place where we can talk about business and success and leadership that wasn't being fulfilled by other communities. Um, and so the small firms sort of gravitated around what I was doing very early on, and it became this small firm yeah. community. But the, originally, and still today, if somebody asks me, I, you know, do I fit in your community? Well, that's up to you yeah. if you fit you into decide. this community. Yeah. Right. Because it, it's, are you an entrepreneur and are you an architect? Right. Yes, and yes, then you probably fit in this community. And what the definition of entrepreneur is, is also up to you. Yeah. You know, so if you feel that you're part of this community, then you should be part of this community. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people in that group, you guys I'm sure included, you constantly feel like you're kind of hacking your own business. You're, you're trying to figure out new ways to approach things. You're maybe hacking your business plan that you already made into something different. I feel like I'm hacking the firm that I work in. Right, and, and I'm at a, at a small level. I'm trying to create change in an entity that's been around for almost 80 years, and and so, like, I have a small group of people. It's three of us, right, who are trying to introduce new technology and create a path, a trajectory that the company needs to go. You know, we feel very strongly about that. So we are kind of a small, yeah, startup right. within a larger firm, and. Mm-hmm. You know, it is an, a little bit of an incubator, but it's kind of self self incubated, <laughs> right? Uh, because we we see this this hole and we see that it needs to be filled, and I think that that's going on at many different levels inside of a group like that, right? I mean, it's it's the reason people listen to our podcast. Yeah. They're looking for other perspectives, different ways of doing things, insights, experiences, and, I, and it's the same for Entree Architect. It's the same for F Nine and inside the firm. People are putting the information out there. And uh, it just becomes this wealth of knowledge. And I think that because of the Internet and because of all of these, these different platforms that are available, um, it's, you just have to figure out then how to navigate it. So. Right, right. So as we wrap up here, because we're going to bring Bill on, um, what, how can people reach out to you and um, see what you're doing? Uh, they can go to eviastudio.com. Or E-V-I-A. E-V-I-A, yep, and studio or eviastudio really on any social media is where I am. And it's just me managing those, so it's pretty easy to yeah. read through there. Yeah. yeah, so we can watch your progress and yes. see how it's going and, yeah. and watch you pivot when you pivot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and I'd love to uh, reach out. And I, I was so bummed that I didn't get to talk to many of the other people who attended last night, so... If you hear this or if you saw me there, please do reach out. I'd love to connect. Yeah, yeah, great. And Earl, how do we uh, see what you're doing online? So clevermoderns.com is my website. The blog there is updated a couple times a month with our updates from the property build out with the Quonset Huts in northern Arizona. And for kind of the most up-to-the-minute kind of latest uh, photos are on Instagram and then my Instagram is Quonset House so at Quonset House on Instagram and uh, I'll just throw it out there that we are going to be uh, we seem to be on track to have the the loft house open as a Grand Canyon 
vacation rental Sweet. starting in the spring. Yeah. I'm in. And uh, we'll do a friends and family soft launch the first year, which awesome. will be next summer, because then we're going to be right on to the next build. There will be some construction activity on the property, and uh, we're getting our feet wet as being uh, vacation rental, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't be surprised host, if so. there's an entree architect retreat in yeah. the future at the Quad House. We definitely want to. Uh, I would love for my architect friends to come. Yeah. Uh, Bring use, your tents. Use, use the property. Yep. We've got acreage. You can camp out. You can just. Uh, That's cool. Stay in the Quonsets and have a nice time. So. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah, thank me. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll uh, we'll be definitely watching nice your progress, you. both of you. All right, we're going to take a quick break from this episode to mention our sponsor, and that, as you probably have already guessed, is RCAT, since we were recording in their booth at the AIA show. So it's spring, which means it's time for growth, renewal, and adjustment, but we're not talking about your failed New Year's resolutions. We're talking about building products. Manufacturers are removing, adjusting, and adding products to the catalogs to meet standards of an evolving industry. That means your old CAD, BIM, and specs might need updating. Luckily, RCAT works with manufacturers to get their newest information online so you know you are getting the latest and greatest from a building product company. And it was kind of cool during the show. I saw the RCAT black on so many booths. So they really are working with all of the companies that are representing the products and the manufacturers that we work with all the time as architects. Best of all, the data is free for you to browse and download. You don't have to register. They're not tracking you. Check out RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. The next time that you need the latest building product information. All right. Bill Janot, I wanted to have you here for, for one, for, uh, to thank you for inviting us here to RCAT. No problem. Glad to have you guys. So um, why don't you introduce yourself and what do you do at RCAT? Um, I'm like the head tech guy at RCAT, so... Put that real close to your mouth. I'm the head tech guy at RCAT, so if you go to RCAT.com and you do a search for vinyl windows and it's crappy, you complain to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing a whole bunch of things that at not RCAT. Job that's, not, that's not the only thing you're doing. You, 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 are, uh, you, have, you have taken the ideas of the architectural community and have built platforms and tools and all kinds of things in response, direct response to what we need at RCAT. Yeah, well, our, our whole goal is to, like what you're saying, is provide tools that are of use to you guys, um, getting the manufacturer's names and products in front of you guys so, uh, so you can choose the best window, the best drywall, the best whatever for your projects. And, um, and the manufacturers come to us because um, they know that we provide those useful tools to you guys. Yeah, and you're, you're a great supporter of all three of our podcasts. Well, actually, uh, Arcaspeak and uh, uh, Entree Architect, and I heard through the grapevine that, that potentially there's a sponsorship for Inside the Firm coming out in the future. Any day now. Yeah. Any day, yeah. wow. So I, I cool. want to just thank you, for one, for, for the years of support Absolutely. for all yeah. of us. Um, but not only just just for our platforms, but for the entire profession, you really uh, are a great supporter of the well, architects. I'm glad we could help. We're yeah, always looking to help the architects. One of the things I've always been impressed with, with you're at all the shows that I've gone to, right? You're here, it, whether it's you by yourself at AU that year and we're sketching in VR, right? VR cat. Or you're here with 
a huge entourage of RCAT red shirts, right? Like you're constantly looking for ways to help architects. Yeah. And I think that's the, and you're always asking me, what can we do? What yeah. can we do? What can we do? And I'm sure you're not just asking me that, right? So I think that that is something that really sticks out to me about RCAT. And so, yeah, I, I second Mark's you know, thanks for what you're doing for the profession it, beyond our platforms. I'm not an architect, so I need the pros to, to help guide us in the right direction and provide the best tools for you guys. So you always have some interesting things going on. You know, you had VRCAT, you had full VR before a lot of the others were doing VR. Um, you had you have um, uh, some of the other products that Charette. you're doing. Charette. Yeah. What, what's, what's the thing that nobody knows that you're working on that well, you can sort of tease us with a little bit? I don't know if it's a whole lot to tease about, but uh, like we've been doing artificial intelligence for, I don't know, 10, 15 years now with the search engine. Um, but now we're starting to work in machine learning in, in, in the search engine as well. And getting kind of mixed results right now, um, one, because I don't know what I'm doing, and two, we don't have enough data. All right. Well, well it you turns got somebody out that we got next somebody to you who could help you. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> so, so hold that thing close. And so this is Lucas Reams, and Lucas is with Trimble Consulting, right? Yes, sir. And uh, the 060 Accelerator. Yes. Right. Uh, and we mentioned you earlier when we were yeah. talking to Reg and Robert. Um, previously, Gary Technologies, right? All kinds Absolutely. of high yep. tech stuff. Yep, so, yep, yep. so machine learning, AI. Lucas came and lectured in my class about these very things and how they're they're doing. You know, computer vision, all that kind of you know, video analysis, all these analytics and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very it's a very exciting space to be in, and I think really what we're looking for is how do we you know put it to work, right? The technology's there. There's a lot of interesting platforms that allow uh, the technology to be accessible, um, either you know through customization or or even some package platforms. And uh, so it's interesting to work with, with folks that are actually, you know, uh, putting the pedal to the metal and just, you know, getting some, some use cases and, and some of the technology applied. I think one of the neat things that RCAT has that a lot of, well, and, and architects too, they just don't know what to do with it, is this data, the database, right? They've yeah. got all this stuff, figuring out, it's figuring out how to make it work for you that a lot of people struggle with. You know, just because you've got data doesn't mean it's the right data. Just because you've got data doesn't mean you know how, what to do with it. you got to start asking yourself the right questions. What do I want to do with this stuff? What yeah. should I be collecting? What, should, what do I not need to be collecting? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of and things that people are struggling with. There's quite a bit of unstructured data as well. And You, know, yeah, you talked about data smog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> data smog. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, going through the process and doing the housekeeping to actually make sure that the, you know, whatever data that you're tracking or maybe not tracking, for that matter, uh, gets captured and structured in a way that's usable. But then, so that's, you know, that's the, you know, the, the infrastructure behind the data. But then there's also the people side of it, uh, you know, growing and emerging into being able to do data-driven project management and design management and, uh, you know, being able to uh, leverage the information that you have to actually make valuable decisions. And, right. and not everybody's there. And right. so I think there's sort of a growth that we need to, uh, to facilitate. So you guys are looking to take that data and streamline the pr uh, the project management part of it all? or Well, I would say in two aspects. And um, what Evan mentioned earlier, so uh, for Trimble Consulting, uh, we do that with our clients and on projects. So okay. if there's a specific project uh, with you know specific challenges and goals, then we'll you know structure that, the data set, the technology stack, 
the workflow of the team to be able to help you know track towards the final successful ex execution of the project. But then also uh, uh, we work with other companies as well uh, through Zero Sixty, uh, our accelerator program, uh, to find you know emerging tech and new concepts and new ways to actually create products around uh, being able to uh, both you know use techniques such as AI and ML. Um, and then also just you know even proper data data management right so variety of topics but uh, so I think you guys had some of them on earlier we did yeah and maybe you could talk about your first cohort that uh, you guys had go through your program uh, because Robert and Reg were both part of that but then you had a couple of others as well yes uh, so we had uh, uh, tonic DM um, monograph and hypar. Um, so it was our first cohort, uh, so it's a learning process for us as well. Uh, we're excited to have such a powerhouse team uh, yeah, totally. uh, around. Um, so uh, I think we, we all had a blast, uh, you know, whether it be going through uh, demo days, uh, you know, giving them access to clients uh, and sort of closed room sessions, uh, and then also going through some of the basics, you know, business planning, uh, marketing, uh, you know, uh, these sorts of things. Um, so we're excited about uh, the fact that a couple of them are now funded. Um, so... Uh, currently, in our uh, it, uh, last iteration, we're equity-free, um, and we plan on staying that way, you know, for a period of time. And and it gives the flexibility for these companies to do some interesting work, um, and then uh, being the stepping stone uh, for them to actually find some uh, funding so that they can continue the work that they're doing. And are you guys looking for more ideas, more people to invest in? Invest as a as a broad. You invest in many ways into mm -hmm. these different companies, but. Is that is that going on now, or is that coming up, or where where are you at with that with your next cohort? So the next cohort uh, we're actually launching this week. Uh, so if you go to 060.io, you could find more information on that. Uh, and uh, as part of the next cohort, uh, we're still keeping a very sort of um, you know an open ended uh, call for entries. We don't want to limit anybody right now. We might be more specific in, in cohorts to come. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the early interests that we have have been around you know, actually artificial intelligence uh, companies that are really focused in, you know, really almost not even quite to the end product yet. And so we're, you know, we're sort of balancing on how we're going to get uh, get there with them. Um, so, uh, yeah, but definitely, you know, uh, advanced automation systems and and uh, machine learning and AI is, is definitely uh, a trend that we're seeing of, of entries. For sure. Yeah. There's just so much data out there. And, you know, I mean, that's what you're sitting on a mountain of it. The mountain isn't that big. And I'm not, not talking about user data. I'm talking about, like, uh, the product data and yeah. the spec data that we have. And it's just, it's not big enough. Machine learning needs a mountain of data. Like the kind of to data really that, train it. that Google tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things that you see in the future for RCAT that, that AI can actually help you do? Well, a, a lot of the stuff that we do is by hand. You know, we place a company in a CSI section here. We create a spec by hand. Everything we do is by hand. Uh, of course, we have tools that help us, and, and intelligence is is um, is built into that via code. But uh, machine learning could be a lot more accurate and a lot faster if we can leverage that. So, but it's a work in progress, and it will be for a while. Do you guys do analytics and tracking? I would assume of like the, the types of content people are downloading. What what are they gravitating toward? What are they searching for? And starting to kind of marry those things together, and maybe making predictions on what people might want based on who they are you know I, I would assume that like anything like that like while wow, there's one side of that coin which is a little scary right that they're building a profile out of me but also on the other side of the coin saving you a ton of time like 
by, by guessing correctly. Right. I mean, that's the Amazon model. Early on. Right. Right. Yeah. Recommended products. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We have looked at that in the past, but what we found is that a user will come in looking for a door today, a window tomorrow, and um, pipe insulation the next day. And there's like, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. But maybe Which, over the life of a project, uh, you could start to see some kind of trends of what they're picking early versus late or, or things like that. You know, obviously specs come later on in the project and yeah, very products true. come earlier. I don't know. Yeah, that's a definite possibility. Yeah. But at the moment, we're not really focusing on the user. Um, well, we always focus on the user, but not as not as <laughs> we'll far as that. yeah, <laughs> not as far as like harvesting their information to yeah to go down. I know. Well, route. you don't even require registration to yeah, download data because we know you guys don't want to be contacted. You don't so. want to be. <laughs> it, you come to us to get the information, so you don't have to yeah to search around and and talk to a sales rep. Yeah, but as as that data as as the selection as the specifications and selecting specific products becomes more part of the overall process like what you're doing Evan uh, where you're looking for ways to integrate the the Revit model with the specifications and the right. um, in the future that's what's going to happen it's all going to come together right yeah. I mean and so how does our a company like Arcat uh, evolve to sort of be the player within that 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 scenario where we're no longer going to look for a building product. The building product is coming to us. I think machine learning could help in that respect in that the machine learning could use the data in the model, uh, the BIM model that is, then run it on, uh, pass it on to a machine learning model that would then couple up with the spec data and somehow marry the two. Yeah, and I think this gets back to what we were talking about earlier with Lucas. So you've got every, every firm out there has got model after model after model. In every model, we did things a little bit differently because we're always learning. And so the cleanliness of that structured data or unstructured data becomes mandated, right, for, for the machine learning to, to work correctly. And, and But I think maybe you could speak to this, Lucas. I mean, what you're talking about is harvesting data from all the models we've made, which we should be able to do and make those models work for us to make predictions about what we're going to do on future models to make those kinds of things happen for us or make them a lot easier, maybe remove some of that friction of going to find that particular thing. It's like, well, well, no, you've always used that thing. Here it is. I could see that kind of thing happening for architects where the computer's just making recommendations, mm-hmm. like the Amazon model of, of certain things, especially if you're a firm like ours that does a lot of like similar topologies over and over and over again. Sure, and and the fact that I mean the fact that you mentioned that you know as, as we start a new project, you you look at your last project and you say, okay, what did I learn from that? And let me, you know, revise some things. And that often ends up uh, resulting in you know a lot of copy paste, a lot of just on the fly modifications. And and so you know if you take a step back and you think proactively, what are our goals as a firm, and what can we uh, do in advance to actually uh, you know prepare for some of some of the things that we're going to be accomplishing on the next project and and absolutely uh you know creating a a a structured data set and and being able to leverage i mean we're seeing in a lot of uh a lot of you know software packages out there that are actually starting to do this right they're actually saying okay well based on your last 100 projects of this typology this size um you know even to the extent of starting to do some of the work for you which gets into this whole conversation about you know well is automation taking our jobs away? <laughs> and, um, that's but a, that's coming whether we like it or not. 
exactly. that's coming. Yeah, and that, and and you know, I was mentioning earlier that uh, you know I even built my career on that, right? So there's build it's building some jobs, right? Yeah. Um. So, um. And it, it's it's just a matter of how um, how we can uh, position ourselves within the industry uh, to provide end value to the clients, which at the end of the day. They want a building. They're not necessarily wanting a sheet of drawings, right? So yeah. uh, how we get there is the story that we need to write. Right. And architects have traditionally been afraid of that, of the of the change in the profession, right? And so we see architects all the time complaining about that they've lost control of the process. They've given the control away over yeah. the years. They haven't lost it. They've given it away. And this next change is going to make it even more difficult to do what we do if we don't grab it and take control of it. You know, because those te that technology is coming whether we like it or not. It's going to automate the rest of the world. It's going to automate architecture and construction as well. And if we're not at the head of it, we're going to be obsolete. Yeah, uh, projects are driven by technology. That's a fact. It's the only way we deliver our projects. And those yeah. that don't embrace that are going to lose. Right, right. And they can complain about it, but it's <laughs> not going to change the fact that it's coming. Yeah. And and if you don't be part of it, then you're going to, to, to not be part of it. <laughs> so... Bill, I want to thank you again yep. for, uh, for letting us hang out here. We have one more guest that we're going to wrap up here with. Um, but uh, the Big Red A is a big supporter of what we're doing individually as architects, um, big supporter of our podcasts and, and helping to get our message out to the profession and the rest of the world. We'll uh, always so, have a table for you guys ready. Well, we appreciate it. So thank you very much for, for uh, hanging out with us and talking a little bit and letting us uh, take up some of your table space here. Arcat.com, right? Arcat.com. Arcat.com. A R C A T. Thank you, guys. Uh, Lucas, if you're interested, you can hang out because I think the next guest we can talk about the future of architecture because he's very interested. It's Demetrius Lynch from Spaces Podcast, um, fellow Cal Poly alum. Yeah, I think one I think it might be a, an interesting conversation. And Bill, you're welcome to hang out too students. if you want. But we're going to need the mic, and so we can pass mics around if you want to want to hang out. All right, we have our. Final guest here as we're wrapping up. Our, best for last. The R cast. <laughs> and so, uh, Lucas, you are, well, how do you say your last Reams. Lucas Reams. This is Demetrius Lynch, Spaces Podcast. Yep. I wanted to bring you on here because you talk about the future of architecture and you're passionate about the future of arch uh, architecture. Yeah, in a um, sense. Yeah. And so I wanted to, um, to sort of have a conversation as we wrap up here uh, with the R cast of where do we think this place is going? We were just having a conversation about AI and machine learning and how that's going to change the way architecture is being uh, delivered and built. And that if you're not part of that scenario, that you're going to have a very difficult time being an architect in the future. And so uh, what are your, some of your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I definitely think there will be um, a learning curve and difficulties if you don't jump on board uh, sooner rather than later um i i think it's definitely going to be the future and as far as the ai portion of it it's uh i see it more as a benefit to to the practice um a good tool that we'll be able to use um as opposed to you know being afraid of it yeah. uh taking over our industry i think it'll be a great tool that'll free you up to actually focus on the passionate part of it creating the space and being more creative and um, not necessarily being bogged down with all the kind of minutia work <laughs> that yeah. we have to do. So Lance, you guys over at F9, you're, you know, I'm a, I'm, I listen to every episode you guys do. So I hear your 
your executive meetings with, with Al, um, and you're constantly talking about, you know, you want to stay up with the future, that you want to continue to push what, what F9 is doing and the, and the technology that's being brought to you. What are you guys doing in, in the future uh, with where architecture is going? Well, the, you know, as, as you know, because you listen to every episode, we're, we're building a new office. So we have a shop space, two-story shop space. And the first two pieces of machinery I want to buy is a, CN, a, a commercial-level CNC machine and a 3D printer. And I and our and our, a couple of our uh, employees have our, you know they want to start a furniture company and you know we're such stewards of entrepreneurial uh, like helping foster entrepreneurials uh, entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs in our firm such that like yeah if you want to branch off and we come to an agreement about like this is a partnership and you yeah. get to have the space so they want to do a furniture company and I think it'd be great uh, just be another thing to diversify for so I want to get those two pieces of machinery because I want to be an expert in how they operate, how they work. Um, and then I've been asking everybody, Lucas knows, he's already been on my podcast uh, today, and Demetrius is going to be on next after you. And I'm, I've asked them, you know, where do you see, the, do you see 3D printing and stuff like that being adopted more? And would that, what does that mean for the architecture community? Does that mean we become master builders? Does it mean that we, um, some people have said, maybe it, maybe it means that you can rapidly prototype a crazy curvy facade or something and kind and have it ready for you in the meeting with the contractor and say, look, no, you, you can build it and here's how you do it. It's a mock-up, stuff like that. So we're just always looking for that next thing. Um, like Upcodes is a good example. I yeah. think you heard about that from Alex. Well, I just went and talked to them and I just thanked them for doing that because I and somebody else on the podcast earlier today was talking about, oh, I think it was Bob, Bob uh, Wygant from Sumex. He said, um, I'm not so sure that you're ever going to you're ever going to automate architects because we're artists yeah, and we need, definitely. and we need, like we're here to be creative and solve problems. And like, you know, that's something humans, you can't take away from humans. Yeah. Um, we need that to happen. But on the uh, flip side of that, could you, could you write a script to where it yeah. engineers your whole building? We're yeah. done with the engineer. I don't right. have to worry about and him not calling me. That's what we were just talking about. <laughs> is that, that technology, yeah. technology can take our jobs if we let it. Yeah. It can, you know, and, and we didn't even touch, we didn't even touch on, on 3d printing. You know, and, and the future of that. But I think the engineering part of that is Exciting. even more possible to be automated because it's already just calculations and that can be plugged yeah. into a system that could figure it out pretty quickly. As far as the creative part, I think it's a little yeah. bit harder to automate. Lucas, are, are you seeing that? Because you, you talk to these guys who are sort of have these big ideas and, and want to sort of pursue those things. Are you seeing that happening? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you could say, uh, can you automate a building? I mean, the short answer is yes, but then the long answer is the building process is complex and has a lot of people involved. So sometimes even though you can, let's say, snap your fingers and all the work is done, somebody may say, well, you know, hold on, I actually need to go through the process of, you know, going through design iterations. What does that mean? So it's, you know, let's, if you, once you start to open it up a bit, then there's more to it than can you do it. Yeah. Short answer is yes, we can, but how right. we do it. I mean, it is today cool. we can design buildings without architects. They're called engineered buildings, right? Yeah. I mean, and you get what you get when you have an engineered building. You don't have architecture, you know, in, in the sense of what we're 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 hoping architecture. Right, and is. then you have people like Earl Parson, who we just we just had on, where he's taken that form but added the creativity to it, right. and now made right. a beautiful structure. So yeah, I don't think you. That, I've asked this, I've asked that question about ten times so far, and I'll ask it probably two more times now because I have Demetrius and Nick on next. 
and uh, the perspective has been really interesting and i because i want to dig deep into that of like where do you guys really think we're going with it because it i think we're on the cusp of it yeah i mean i was just in the technology section over at the expo floor and there's a lot of there's a lot of machines that people are selling and they look cool and um you know i i would like to have a little bit more control on the job site with with some of the things we're doing and then another one another example is like okay think about drywall you're putting up drywall well there's have you, have you, has anybody seen the the, um, the video going around? It's pretty viral. It's like this robot in yeah. Japan. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it looks cool. It's like, okay, now they're just going to install right. drywall. And the robotic mason that's yeah. building the brick walls. Yeah, I think it's like 3,000 bricks per day yeah. as opposed to it's like a few hundred right. bricks per day for a human. Um, yeah, they, it can rapidly change. And I, I think I'm more excited about the automation, the technology for, on the construction side. Um, and whenever it gets to really taking over or really having an impact for us, I think it'll be more uh, time-saving for us um, and not necessarily taking us over. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, at Spaces Podcast, yeah. you are doing a lot of storytelling. Yes. Right? And, yeah. so, and um, a lot of the focus of some of the stories that you're telling, um, you go back in history, yep. sort of, in order to talk about the thing that you want to talk about in the present and the future, you're going back and sort of uh, talking about uh, the his- history of, of those those kind of things. Um, what are some of the topics that are coming to Spaces Podcast? Because you sort of you've taken a little break yeah. in order to sort of focus on what the next level of Spaces Podcast is going to be, and so you want to talk a little bit about Spaces Podcast and some of the other things you're planning. Yeah. So uh, in general, Spaces is about. Um, what, what we're trying to do is tell the story of architecture because we do a great job talking to each other about architecture, uh, but the general public, I don't think, gets a full understanding of what we're doing. So we're trying to uh, spin it a little bit so have that architectural education for people that are in the industry, but at the same time telling a story to the general public uh, to try and bring them along and, and educate them um, help them understand not only how spaces go together but the what you get out of well-designed well-built spaces so we give that historical reference tying it into things that happen throughout society um, history and uh, to society and all the different things of how government played a role how um, finances or the economy played a role and then we kind of come forward to the future and discuss what's on the cusp what's coming up like the robots laying out drywall or the um or brick or whatever the case is um talked with a, a company that has a treadmill and other fitness equipment that generates electricity um and what what are the possibilities of that if you have an entire gym like a la fitness that's generating electricity from everybody that's using it um we talked about all the different forms of housing, multifamily housing, single-family housing, uh, all the different elements of that. Um, this, So we've taken this break to kind of refocus and restructure a few things, but coming back and we're going to start with a, a look at architecture and give uh, sort of a, uh, what do you call it, state of the union <laughs> for architecture, looking at sort of a global uh, scene of design and design theory. Then we're going to come down and look at the small business, the large firm, and then look into the future of 
other options for architects, other ways to address and solve issues through a podcast, through uh, books, and um, all the other things that you can do. Um, and then we have tons of other topics. We're going to talk about cannabis facilities, which was a fun one. Uh, we focused in on uh, the Space Needle, so we, we, we touch a lot of different things. Yeah, if, I, if anything you're interested in, you can probably yeah. find an episode you'll like. I, I love that that we have all these different podcasts that we're all and and that we're that there's some overlap, you know, in the fact that it's architecture and we're talking about architecture, um, but they're all so unique as well. You know that that Arcaspeak is sort of about architecture in a very broad sense. That it's about the architectural profession and, and the the real world of living in and being an architect. You guys, it's like sitting or you guys, I'm pointing at you as if everybody knows yeah, who I'm talking out. about. So you guys at, at, at F9 Productions doing the Inside the Firm podcast, uh, it's like a, a weekly uh, uh, visit into your executive meeting. Like you and Al are sitting down to talk about your firm and what's happening this week and what's going to happen next week. You know, And you just turn on the mics and start talking about it. And that's so valuable to the profession to sort of see what you're doing and how you're doing it. Um, and Spaces podcast sort of looking at the history of architecture and how it's affecting the future of architecture. And our podcast at Entree Architect sort of focusing in on, on business and leadership and sort of living the life of an architect from a small firm per perspective because there's you know family integration and firm integration and how do you make your living sort of being a dad and yeah. being an architect because that's reality at small firms. Yeah. And so all these different uh, ways of doing a podcast is so interesting. And yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought up yours. Obviously, we're going to. But, I, you know, I would like to publicly thank you for doing what you do. It's been uh, an honor to get to know you. I think, I'll, you know, you've influenced so many people. Um, there's no, you know, your, your group keeps growing like crazy. And one of the coolest things I've heard so far, I interviewed Earl earlier today, Earl Parson, and he said, I was just listening to Mark in my ear after I got laid off. <laughs> and I got and I heard over and over again this word, entree architect. So just by putting that word out there, yeah. I think you're helping to reshape. And I really appreciate that as a, as a serial entrepreneur and a big C capitalist that like, let's put being entrepreneur into the architecture profession because, and all the guests we've had on today have been incredible. I yeah. mean, we've got like these tech entrepreneurs and the stuff they're doing. And I'm just blown away and how they're, and every single time there's like, oh, we're all solving different problems or talking about different problems and how we solve them. But these tech guys, it's so amazing, and I just giggle inside when they're like, they talk about why they did it. It's because they hated that task. Yeah. And they wanted to automate it, right? Mm -hmm. And and make it easier. And for that's the essence of the of the entrepreneur, yeah. right? Is that you solve the problem? Absolutely. And and we were saying before, you know, the definition of entrepreneur architect is up to you. You know that whether you you feel that you, uh, the definition of entrepreneur, whether it's somebody who's just out there to make a lot of money, or you're out there to change the world, those are both entrepreneurs. Um, and that we're as you know we're already architects. We've been trained as architects, and so it's a mindset of whether you're an entrepreneur, or architect, or you're just an architect. And so, uh, thank you for for your kind words. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, Lucas, you were you were about to say something. I, I was just going to say, from a, a listener's perspective, I've I've heard everybody's podcast here, and you know just the fact that you're taking advantage of the platform, but then in addition to that, being authentic and transparent. You know, I see that from everybody and. Uh, it's just something that I think the community sees. Um, so I would, you know, speaking on behalf of the community, it's much appreciated. Thank you. Well, yeah, and think about, like, okay, before Mark had his podcast or I had mine and, and, and everybody, 
and and like I feel like the profession was really closed up. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. one of the things you try to push. Over that was and a over major mission of mine. Yep, was let's share. You know, let's share because there's there's plenty of work for us. You know, for it to go around. I think that was the big scare and everything. So, you know, I think it's a really incredible time to be doing all the. You know, to be involved in this community and learning and listening and everybody's growing and doing cool stuff yeah yeah I, I, the more we share the more we're going to all grow you know so that's been a major part of what what you know personally why i you know uh, started what i wanted to start because i wanted to share everything i knew but i wanted to inspire the rest of the profession to do the same thing and i think that within the community that has happened i think that we're starting to change the profession individually by you know we're all individually sharing and that culture is shifting and that will permeate through the rest of the profession, whether they like it or not. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. that that uh, you know the small firms are sharing among yeah. themselves, and that we're not waiting for the AIA and the larger firms to tell us how it's going to be done. We're doing it ourselves, and we're figuring it out ourselves, and we're going to share that knowledge with one another. And I think people are clamoring for that. Yeah, uh, it's just sitting in on all of these sessions this this week. It, there's like a palpable desire for this collaboration and. Um, you know, to start to move the needle in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's... I think it's generational, too. I think yeah. society, if you look beyond architecture, society are, is becoming more entrepreneurial, that becoming more sharing. You know, that, that you know, in other uh, industries, you're seeing that happening where we're trying to share with one another. Even... Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. My <laughs> related story about that, sharing, and, like, the demographics. So we're... Us three on this side are millennials, Right. And uh, my wife. What are you is, saying? <laughs> <laughs> You're a sage. Uh, so we, my wife is selling our condos in our development, and and Alex and I knew who we were designing for the whole time. It was millennials yeah. who have their crap together and could buy a house, um, or in this case, a townhome, right? And so she didn't believe us, you know, and whatever. And but yep, everybody we've sold to is late twenties, early thirties. They are professionals. They have their stuff together. And they like urban living because mm-hmm. it's an urban urban infill development. And so she she brings this last couple up to the rooftop, and they say uh, the the one guy is just so impressed, and he's like, "So did the architects try to create this shared experience with everybody up here? Because <laughs> there's no walls, and you can yeah. every, all the rooftops can talk to each other." Yeah. She goes, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's real. I, I think it is, and 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 uh, I, I think that." Overall, I think society is shifting. Uh, and I think it's, you know, it comes and goes. You know, it's all waves. And I think we're moving into a, a, a period of, of history where we are more collaborative and more sharing and more open and more kind. I think that's something, too, that's shifting, that, that we're not as aggressive as time is shifting. You, know, you see politics. Politics is, is rough right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think as a reaction to that, individually, we're becoming more caring with one another. Uh, because you, you, you're sort of responding to that outside aggression. And this could go in a very different direction. <laughs> so we, I, and we're, we're at the end of our, our, uh, our time here. But, um, but I think we are being more kind. And that's when I say love, learn, share, which is how I end up every episode, because that's the essence of what I want the world to do. I want the world to care for one another. And I want our community to care for one another. I want us to, to learn as much as we can possibly learn individually and then share that with everybody else because if we all do that, then we all benefit. And so, if we can do that individually, I think society, you know, will will, will follow. So, so I think uh, if you guys want to get uh, Cormac and and uh, and Evan, and we can wrap up uh, 
our, our show here. Cool. Yeah. Thanks uh, for being Lucas, on, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Mark. I didn't Demetrius. get to say thank you <laughs> in the beginning. You Good jumped you right in. in. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so thank uh, you for before, you, before you hang up the mic, yeah. how do we sort of connect with you? Oh, uh, yeah. So you can find us, Spaces Podcast, www.spacespodcast.com. Um, if you want to check out my business, my architectural side, it's uh, House of Lines, and Lines is spelled L Y N E S. Houseoflines.com. And all all the information is connected through those two sites. Very cool. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, Mark. All right. Let's get get Evan and Cormac back in the seats. And uh, let's put a bow on this baby. Here we are, boys. I'm tired. Back where we started. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back with the four of us. Um, My son ate my hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> told him he could eat the fries. He ate the whole thing. There you go. I was watching him. I thought it was his. <laughs> so, I I uh, this uh, I think this has been really valuable. I think that bringing the three podcasts together um, has been great. And and first, I want to thank uh, Casey and Bill at RCAT yep. for uh, introducing the idea to us. They were the ones that brought this idea to us. Um, and and the fact that the three of us, the three podcasts could come together uh, and do a show where we bring in other people who are doing pretty cool things in the profession and have a great conversation. I think it worked out pretty well. I was a little nervous on on how it was going to work in terms of overlapping all these different people. But we're architects um, and we figured it out. Yeah, we exactly. Did. We did. I, I, I thought it was really cool how it was organic and we would pinch hit and go around and go get lunch or whatever and yeah. come back. And yeah. Mark, you nice. had the brilliant idea of overlapping the guests. Yeah, that was, was on the fantastic. fly. <laughs> the first guest came, and the second guest was up, and we're like, "All right, we're going to do this. We'll yeah, just sit down and great. we'll just do one continuous." Well, thing. You know, cool. it was great too because I mean, a lot of them had a lot of intertwining, yeah. you know, things to talk about that you know just kind of showed the future of the of the practice, which I thought was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think that the audio from this is—I mean—we're going to share it among all the the podcasts. But maybe we can wrap up just by talking a little bit about each of our podcasts uh, because it'll be on the other shows. And so maybe we'll do a little pitch of our own and uh, talk about how the podcasts are set up and, and how people can listen. So, Lance, you want to start? Sure. Uh, we are on all the major platforms. So you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, I, SoundCloud is, is one of our main platforms, too. A lot of, we have a lot of SoundCloud listeners. Uh, we're just thankful for your support, your uh, the uh, Mark's support, Evan's support. Um, Arcus, every, everybody in the community has been fantastic, um, and our growth has been amazing. And we're just here to, to – but the most rewarding part about it is, honestly, I, I, I went through and looked through our uh, iTunes reviews lately, and there's 64 of them. We have an excellent rating. I want to thank everybody for that. But, like – the, the things people are saying to us are really amazing. Like, that's the best reward. Yeah. Yep. Um, Agreed. You know, one person came in and they said, like, hey, I, I quit my job. I'm going to start my own firm now because of you guys. I'm because like, of you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Great. It's your fault. Yeah. You're like, whoa, <laughs> too much pressure. I like, too much pressure. I like how you're looking at that as glass half full right there. That was, yeah, that that was, was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, and so that's been the coolest part. You know, some people also have said, like, when I had Lucas on, he was like, hey, we took your advice. And there was a project that was trending in town, and we, um, we, if it wasn't for, he said, if it wasn't for us um, being twelve hours late, we would have been front page, we would have been on the news, it would have worked like that kind of marketing strategy, like that 
grass level thing. Yeah. So just stuff like that. Like I, I'm just here to, as you know, like help foster more entrepreneurs, yep. more more people that are interested in, in in just doing their passion and making money doing it and living a happy life because yeah. happiness is everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. You do and better work when you're happy, right? So it's yeah. inside the firm podcast. Inside the firm is the website. Uh, find us on iTunes and leave us a review. All right. Inside cool. the firm. And what about you guys, Arca Speak? Well, before we get into Evan talking about us, me, I'm going to make him do it. <laughs> instead of me. Um, what you know, I, I was I've been reflecting on the fact that, like, you know, we're sort of the old timers of architecture. I don't know how that happened, Corbin. <laughs> but but there are so many architectural podcasts out there. And it's fantastic. I absolutely love that because we're all talking about the passion that we bring to this profession and that everybody has a voice and that there's no single voice that's, you know, above the others. The voice of architecture. Exactly. And there's there's room for many more. It shows the the generations. And it's just so fantastic to actually see that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And this is a great place for that to happen, like to to see each other in person. Yeah. Yeah. And and just talk about and, and be... Like just, it, it's nice to tell people that I appreciate your show. Right. I, I like Absolutely. to tell other people that, and I, I hope that uh, I hope that that sentiment is out there. Be, right. uh, that that people, our listeners, understand that. I, I don't see this as a competitive thing at all. Yeah, no. I mean, this is really about sharing experiences. Right. And if people gravitate to one more than the other, perfect. Yeah. Right? And that's because one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, yeah. so I, we I, can come together. It, it feels. It, it honestly feels like it's kind of like this, like audio mentoring. You know, across the entire country, you know, I mean, and it's just like everybody has a voice, and it's just, it's so cool that you know everybody's unique experience is helping enrich the damn you know profession. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, so Arca Speak podcast, uh, we're in our seventh year, yep, and yep. we're doing a season about technology and how it's changing the profession of architecture. I think we talked about a lot of that today. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and you can find us at arcaspeakpodcast.com and you can find us on Twitter at arcaspeak without the uh, the e and the a right a r c h i s p k arcaspeak yep. um, and that, that's about it yeah yeah so I want to thank you guys for not only doing the show but for doing what you do every week uh, on the podcast because I think that like I said before we're all doing individual different things and you're an inspiration to not only me but to the rest of the profession. Um, the, the fact that you guys have, have sort of opened up the world of architecture to not only architects but to non-architects, yeah. that you talk about all these different th- ideas and concepts of being an architect. And to have that weekly you know, business meeting with your partner uh, is so enlightening to sort of see what yeah, you guys absolutely. are doing. And, and, and not only that, you're sort of you're very inspirational as, as architects that you, you keep pushing the limits of what architects are and what they do. And so to be, have that inside knowledge of what you're doing uh, is very inspirational to have, have others have that access. So I appreciate, uh, Lance, what you and Al are doing, and I appreciate what, what uh, Neil and Carmick and Evan are doing at Arcade Speak. And actually, and we all appreciate what you and Sarah are doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. At Entree right. Architect Podcast. Right. And Sarah's going to have some some work. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of cutting time. Right. Wow. Sarah Rowe, my <laughs> podcast producer. So thank you, Sarah. Um, yeah. So I'd, for me, it's EntreeArchitect.com. Uh, we do a podcast. We do. We used to do a blog. Blog's still there if you want to search for it. We don't write very much anymore. It's all podcast. Maybe a YouTube channel in the future. Sweet. Um, do it. I'm in the process of moving from New York to North Carolina. 
And so that's my focus right now is trying to get down <laughs> to North Carolina. Um, but I was talking to some of the people earlier today that, that I have really big plans uh, for not only Arch- Entree Architect, but some other things that are going to become bigger than Entree Architect and Arch- Entree Architect is going to uh, sort of be a piece of. And uh, in the future, we're going to start talking about that. Um, awesome. And this, that's, for me, super exciting. I'm really excited about what these big plans are. Um, and, uh, and so listen to the podcast at EntreeArchitect.com, uh, Entree Architect Podcast, and you'll be able to hear the whole story about what we're going to do. Not only me as an architect in my transition to North Carolina and the renovation that I'm going to have on this new house, but just sort of the evolution of Entree Architect and what, yeah. it's, uh, what we have planned in, in the future for small firms. So Cool. I think thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, yeah thanks. Awesome. Appreciate it. I think that's a wrap. So See you next time. See ya. Thanks. All right, that's it for this episode, basically ending our two-part AIACon 19 show floor recording extravaganza, about three hours of recording for all of us. It was a fantastic event. Once again, thanks to Bill and Casey from RCAT for allowing us to use their booth and sit there and record for such a long time and have so many people kind of filtering in and out. It was fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to the next year's AIA conference because it's going to be in my backyard right here in Los Angeles. So I'm really looking forward to that, looking forward to meeting up with a bunch of my old classmates and a lot of our listeners. LA is going to be a fantastic location for this. There's so much to see and so much to do. And there's a couple other things I want to mention real quick. I definitely want to remind you to check the show notes for all the links to all the people and the companies that we mentioned during the episode. There's a lot of great information in there, so definitely check out the show notes at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And uh, you can sign up to get those emailed to you on the right-hand side of the website as well. I know we haven't said that in quite a while on on the podcast. And then there's two things that you could really do to help the ArcaSpeak podcast and the Entree Architect podcast and the Inside the Firm podcast. If you just take five seconds to rate us in Apple Podcasts, you can do it either through the iTunes interface or you can do it in the Apple Podcasts app. Uh, And then if you're using a podcast player like Overcast, go ahead and just give us a star. That really helps recommend our podcast to other people, and that would be awesome. Um, and then the second thing is just share our podcast with one of your friends. That would be awesome if you could do that and help spread the word that our podcasts are out there for people to listen to and enjoy and interact with us on a professional level or on a personal level. That would be really cool. So again, arcaspeakpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.